0: Welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts, and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture, and economics.
1: Getting the right team, getting people who match your values, getting them to understand what are your expectations, and then delegating properly, and then making sure that you, in the the old phrase, inspect what you expect.
0: Today, ANZ's Isaac Rankin chats with UniSA's Dr Jana Matthews and Moira Mack Poultry CEO Dean Russell about the many roles of CEOs. We hope you enjoy the discussion.
2: Jana, I might start with you. Mm. The seven responsibilities of leaders is something you talk about quite a bit in the program. Mm. Could you just give us a brief description of them?
1: Sure. Understanding your responsibilities as opposed to your roles is really important. So the very first role is understand that you have to set the direction. Nobody else can do that but you. So that means you have to understand what is our mission, what are the values, and what's my vision? And not only a vision, but what's my plan to get there? So the first is setting the direction. The second is communicating that to other people internally and externally. And so people want to know where we're going, how far along are we, are we getting there yet? Uh, Are we meeting our goals? And they're watching you all the time, Dean, as a leader. They're watching how you walk into the room, how you smile or not, whether you joke around or not, how happy you are, whether you're on message, whether you're actually encouraging other people to carry the message down through the organization. So communication is a very big thing in terms of responsibility. The third would be picking your executive team. Who on the executive team will help you both co-lead and co-manage the company and be role models of teamwork and the company values. The fourth would be how do you delegate and execute and build a high performance culture. Fifth is how do you maximize your resources. Resources are brand, money, employees, vendors, suppliers, bank, your investors, your board. All of those are resources that you have to maximize to take the company forward. The sixth would be what I would call governance and structure and alignment. A lot of people go into business together. They're shareholders, they're directors, and then they're working in the business. If you're working in the business, one of you may end up being CEO, and the other two may be reporting to the CEO in the business, and understanding the structures required for the business are different than the ones for shareholding and directorship. So understanding the alignment of getting compensations, structures for your sales guys, that will be in alignment with your growth plan, with the products that you're taking to the market and so forth. And then the final one is just to keep learning. Because this stuff is hard, and, and as your company goes from stage to stage, you need to learn different things at different times. And so what's been fun is to have worked with somebody like Dean, and to watch how he's gone through these different stages, and how he's realized that he's gotta get better at playing some of those roles, and assuming some of those responsibilities as the yeah. company has grown. Yeah. So Absolutely. So
2: Dean. You started Moira Max with your wife, Moira, some 35 years ago. That's You're great. still driving for growth on top of being a mature business. In going through the program, when you went through it, you would have learned about the seven responsibilities. Reflecting on that, what are you doing differently now than you were 12 or 18 months ago?
0: I think Jana's point on taking responsibility for the direction doesn't always click at various stages of your business career. And you go through several where success is important, uh, money, turnover, cash flow, you're preoccupied with. But absolutely critical in my mind was the, the formula we got from Jana about direction, leadership, planning. Those things have become systematic in the business now. They weren't prior. We were okay, we knew how to make product, employ people, sell product and make, make money. But no one had ever told us the formula. We, we're like someone who, who's got a natural instinct to kick a football, but no one ever taught us how to kick a football longer and further and well. I think taking responsibility as a leader, driving high performance, continuous growth be, became our new mantra. We might have paid lip service to it before, but we didn't do it well. Now I think we're, we're doing it much better and still got a long way to, to go,
2: of course. So what are you seeing or what have you seen as the impact actually in your business in terms of results? Well, we're on a
0: growth path from 2012, albeit a very turbulent, tricky one, and that, that's continued. So uh, in terms of turnover, we're looking at quadrupling turnover over a uh, six-year period so that's uh, you know the the turnover growth is there we uh, we're focusing more on getting the best impact out of our turnover in terms of uh, gross profit and we're looking at getting better performance out of our key people as well
2: now Jonah you have been known to say you have to set expectations mm. as a leader and if you set them high people will live up to them and if you set none They'll live down to that. How important is it to set expectations and also to make sure you've got the right team?
1: Oh my. You know, if you have the right team, you can almost do anything. When I look at any of the companies who've been through our program, they, the CEOs have come to the realization that without the right team, they can't make it. We just had on the panel one of the fellows who said, I realized I didn't have the team, not only who couldn't take me to the next level, he couldn't get us down the street. And so that was a real insight for him about how he had to take those people off the team and get other people who can take him forward. So getting the right team, getting people who match your values, getting them to understand what are your expectations, and then delegating properly, and then making sure that you, in the, in the old phrase, inspect what you expect. So are they actually carrying through? What are you measuring? Are you seeing that they're doing what they said they were going to be doing? And a a lot of problems that people have is that I think you understand what I expect, but you heard me ask for something different. And I don't know until much later that we're not on the same page in terms of what I thought I was laying out as expectations and what you've interpreted my expectations to be. So it's really important that people say at the end of a meeting, so say to me in your own words what you think I've asked you to do. And that helps clarify immediately what the issues are. Or send me an email summary of the meeting just to make sure that we're on the same page in terms of what you're going to do by when. Or put it in the Google Docs or or somewhere where they have to say back to you. And then you have a chance to clarify immediately if they're off on the wrong page. How do you
2: strike the balance between being stretching enough or not stretching enough?
1: So I think that people, have way more potential than most of us recognize. And one way that you can see that is if you ask them to set the goals themselves. And oftentimes they'd set the goal higher than actually I might have set the goal in terms of what they would do. On the other side, the flip side of the coin is if you want people to grow and develop, you've got to provide them both opportunities, training, resources, and space and time to do that. So. Have it be an expectation that they're going to grow and develop into these stretch goals so that they can learn the new things or get the resources necessary in order to be able to achieve these amazing things because isaac i wish i had said this but somebody said to me like your job dean any other of the ceos your job is to help ordinary people do extraordinary things by the way you set the expectations build the vision give them resources indicate what you expect measure and celebrate your successes.
2: Now, Dean, you're a CEO running a mature business. As you went through the program, you decided that Moira Max had some great growth opportunities. What led you to that conclusion?
0: I think the simple fact that you're going off site, thinking about your business in an objective fashion is a wonderful thing to do. Uh, and that's probably underestimated as a benefit of doing the program. You're taking your key people for once in our business life, looking back from the outside, saying, what are we doing here? Why are we doing it? And we started to get very analytical about what was working for us and not working. And one of the great modules in the program is about analyse your product and customer base and work out what's contributing. Now we hadn't done that for a very long time. So you start working out that some of the the non-instinctive moves you make with your business, like the, cus- you might assume all your business career, the customer's are always right, and all, all business is good business. A couple of generic statements. Then you start questioning them. Well, not all customers are right. They don't all share your values. And, you know, apart from the simple things, and not, not all of them pay you on time, but some are just difficult to deal with and They're trouble and they create stress and grief. And uh, so, we worked out that if we do what we do best and replicate it over and over with the right type of customer, with the right type of people at the base, there was huge potential to improve. Our old model of, yep, we're competitive, we try and get in there and get all the business, all the products into a customer. It might sound good, it might create a lot of excitement and uh, uh, fluff around the business. Analyze, is it is it working for you? So then, if you're doing what you do best most of the time, your opportunities to grow escalate dramatically. And we, we found that. We we thought, right, let's analyse our business. Seven key customers are 95% of our turnover, and they're great customers. They're multinationals and national retailers. Right, who else is out there? If we get that up to 10, what does that look like? So you do the figures, 10 looks pretty good. That's dramatic growth but it involves being very selective about the type of customers that'll deliver that growth. Yeah.
2: What are the two or three things you're doing to grow? Yeah, you know, what are the two or three categories that you'd say you're doing? Obviously, you talked about customers, identifying who you want to sell to and how they might change. Are there a couple of other things that stand out to you?
0: Well, I think making, it, making the objectives part of your system. So, The simple tools we've been taught, the planning memo, the planning grid. They're fantastic tools, they're they're fundamental. So the planning memo is a tool that needs to be circulated to the senior team and discussed with your whole staff. And we do that in quarterly meetings now. We pick, we don't go through the planning memo in detail and we don't tease out every aspect of what we're doing, but we give them updates on the big picture. By the way, we've taken on one new key customer. We're gonna operate that that uh, production line more efficiently now so they get the big picture they feel they're part of a growth story success story and yeah communication was a missing element in our model prior I thought if it's right for me it'll be right for the business that's not necessarily the case you can have people that might be working against you because they're on a different agenda their agenda might be as simple as getting through to the weekend and then forgetting about that business and if a problem happens at five to five on Friday evening then I'm engaged or committed to the big picture it's not going to affect their future prosperity but if we as we do occasionally very often use an example of where we didn't get it right and say that's something we don't want to happen again they're part of the story then they're not a, just a cog in the wheel that's irrelevant to the big picture. So explaining that big picture and reinforcing over and over, it's not just one meeting that says, right, here's a new planning memo. Great, 130 people are on board. It's finding ways, creative ways to repeat that message. And we've worked hard on that. Uh, We have a regular weekly senior meeting, quarterly meeting with all the staff, regular reviews monthly on uh, all the basics, the figures, performance, customer base, contribution to profit. We didn't have that prior. Did you find that your people could change or did you have to change your people? Some are still kicking and screaming. Like my first employee, Darren, uh, he didn't make it to the growth seminar because he hated school. When he started with us, he, he didn't want to go back into, <laughs> into write, making notes and answering tests. So I, I said to him a month ago, Darren, you've gone all this time. You've got an invaluable role in the factory, but I need you to give, give me reports, just start with one page, weekly report, he does procurement, let me know how the market is, what you're buying, and look, I'm, he can do it off the top of his head, but he just didn't see himself as a guy who reported, I said look, we're doing all these things, you're a part of it, you're a big picture of the plan, it's it's messy if you don't keep us up to speed with what you're doing. So. We've started celebrating his reports now. We we get a report and first thing, great Daz, well done, you, you're doing it. So yeah, not everyone takes it on board and you can't just present it as a fait accompli, as a planning memo and assume all those people are gonna love you and love it. And no, you have gotta coax it out of them, tease it out. And Darren was one that's taken 35 years to <laughs> tease out but he does query the planning memo now why are we you know why have you set this figure which is good we're getting feedback but generally speaking most people want direction so any direction is better than none you're right they'll they'll live down or up to your your expectation and uh, so just sending that message regularly to all levels of the operation helps helps enormously
2: now Jenna. At the seminar earlier, you were talking how it's really important for CEOs to move from being reactive and just dealing with things that come across their desk or turn up in their business to being more determined to identify who their ideal customers are, what their customers value, to then close sales and then look for opportunities to sell their customers more. So if you're a business, how do you identify what an ideal customer is
1: and how do you work out what they value? So ideal customers would be those who give you revenue and then also are of course profitable because many customers will give you revenue but then they spend a lot of time complaining on the phone, needing servicing, send products back and basically your profit margin is totally eroded by working with them. So you look for the ones where it is a profitable relationship and then you look for the ones where there is what I call stickiness because you're strategically important to them and they're important to you too as you look ahead to your growth. And then there's the top of the pyramid which is you just really like working with them. They share your values, they're they're great people to work with. When the phone rings, you're happy to answer that phone instead of going, oh gosh, now what is it that they're gonna complain about? So you're looking for those kinds of customers because A, they can make you more profitable, they can accelerate your growth they're nicer to work with. You're happy to have your team working with them. And, and then you can be proactive about finding more like them. Because now you know who they are, whether it's their job title, whether it's the industry that they're in, or whether there's some association that they belong to, now you can find the channel where you can actually market more to them. So moving from the reactive, I'm happy to have any sale that comes to me to the I'm going to sell to anybody who's going to be willing to take my product, to the no, I'm going to be very strategic about who I go after and I'm going to, to actually look for people where I add value to them and they to me and we share values and working together is a real pleasure, is sort of almost the penultimate in terms of being able to move your business in that direction.
0: Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. On air was produced by the Blue
1: Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.